Craft Beer Radio, episode 333, on May 9th, 2015. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, episode 333, we're full of threes, got a full set of threes. That's Except all. We're not drinking three beers. We're not or... drinking three beers. We're drinking five beers. But two plus three equals five. So there you go. I worked it in. <laughs> Why don't we start with the beer that I've been wanting to drink for a long, long time, and I have never had a chance to. And finally, thanks to Dave, I have a chance now. This is New Glarus's Spotted Cow. One of the uh, one of the old uh, when we were starting, it was one of those like. You can't get this anywhere, and it's, you know it's great. It's more of a cream ale, from what I've been reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the Nuclear's flagship. Yeah, but it's, they don't sell it outside of Wisconsin. No. So I mean, it's definitely not. Yeah. Raspberry tart, you know, or one of their other sour beers, but it is their flagship. It's their main beer. They called a naturally cloudy farmhouse. Here, I think we need to probably blend a little bit. Right. Mine's a little cloudier than yours, so let's make sure we get. Equivalent beer in our glasses. They say they even give a nod to our farmers with a little hint of corn. Got a really nice, sweet aroma coming off. Of it, it does. It has. It actually has like a cream soda type mm-hmm. aroma off of that bit of vanilla y thing. Like uh, Anderson Valley's Cerveza Crema. Yeah. Right? It has that, also that kind of cream uh the summer solstice from um anderson valley kind of has that as well i was surprised i wasn't really expecting that to come out of the nose because generally cream ale yeah is not a beer that is similar to cream soda (laughs) it almost never is but yeah you get a really nice sweetness off this it doesn't smell like a lot of cream ales will come across really corny on the nose yeah you know the big corn and rumis and stuff there's a little bit of underneath, just like um, uh, a barley, a little bit of like a cracker to the to the aroma, but I'm not getting much else. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah, it, it starts off with that sweetness, and then in the middle you get a little bit of that. You know, uh, cream uh, with something more traditional, where it's mm-hmm. a little bit corny, you get a little bit of sulfuriness, but then it turns sweet sweet again in the end. And yeah. It finishes really sweet, very drinkable. I mean, I can see downing a couple of these easy. Um, it's got it, it's got a sweetness that kind of reminds me of some um, more traditional, you know, lagers along the Budweiser mm-hmm. side, but um, there's a little bit more fruitiness to go with it, a little bit more yeah. estery quality uh, and a thicker mouthfeel. Going with, you know, with the fact that it's an ale, uh, and definitely uh, very drinkable. Yeah, that has a kind of. If you're not thinking about it closely, you might think that it, you're drinking kind of uh, American wheat or mm-hmm. something with a nice full body from a wheat beer or like a hefeweizen or something like that. Uh, you're getting a. F- it doesn't really come across like a hefe yeah. at all, but it kind of has that body. 
and kind of a little bit of a grassy note that is similar to that. Four point eight, just a bit under sessionable, I would call, I would say, but um, a bit over sessionable rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so a very yeah a nice beer. I'm I'm definitely enjoying it. Yeah, I, I would think that I've almost certainly have had spotted cow before, but probably at a at GABF or something like that, and I really don't recall. Mm. So yeah, that's excellent. Dave was on a business trip in Wisconsin. Picked us up several of the Wisconsin of New Glarus beers, so pretty excited to get through those. If you really search, I think you can find a, a tinge of hops there, but it could be psychosomatic. <laughs> it's, it's hard to find. I mean, they're definitely there to mellow out some of the sweetness just a bit, but finding them is is very difficult. Yeah, I mean, they're just providing some bittering balance mm-hmm. to it. There's really no hop flavor I'm able to pick out. If they are there, I'd probably say traditional Cascade or something like that. That or Centennial is Let's my guess. see. Cream ales typically have an IBU of 15 to 20. Not much information on their website about it. That's okay. They do say you know you're in Wisconsin when you see the spotted cow. <laughs> Unless it's been smuggled. Mm. I'm very happy with it. That's yeah, me too. I would have liked to have been able to kind of sit back with a full pint and take some time, but... Now that's the sacrifices we take for you listeners. What is next? Well, we got a lot. What do you think? Pilsner? Uh, sure, yeah. We'll go from one, you know, mostly close to sessionable to another one that is, uh, they call themselves sessionable. This was sent to us by, I'm sorry, the, excuse me, this was sent to us by Brickway Brewery and Distillery. This is their Pilsner. They call it the Session Series. Pills. Another one at 4.8%. And they were in Omaha, right? Mm-hmm. Omaha, Nebraska. So we're traveling around the country. We'll hit Vermont. And we'll, we'll hit Vermont. Vermont. <laughs> Vermont. <laughs> three from Vermont. There you go. Three. <laughs> Making it work. Four beer pours very clear it's a rich gold color mm-hmm. comes from a can like so many beers these days yeah so um one of the guys from Oma, um from brickway contacted us and asked if he could send beer and our answer is of course yes <laughs> by all means there's actually a link on our website if you scroll to the bottom of the front page you'll see a link about uh sending us beer if anyone else is so inclined I, uh, the one comment I would have so far is that your website doesn't have much information, so I can't get much <laughs> about this. But other than that, it looks he asked if nice. he wanted us to say, if he wanted to send all the information or if he wanted to kind of just go, you know, and I kind of said, you know, let's just go with mm-hmm. what we taste and he'll be listening. I'm sorry, what's his name? <laughs> 
Uh, That's good that we were prepared. Yes, I apologize for forgetting your name. Is it Brian? I'll have to look it up. But we at least got the name of the brewery right. That's all that counts. matters, right? There's still new Glarus in here because I still smell like some sweetness. I, I rinsed as well. Yeah. And but I was thinking the same thing you're thinking. It is kind of that um, creamy corn note on the nose again. And there's a bit something else that's kind of like a, a bit of cinnamon roll or something on the nose. A little bit of cinnamon roll dough. Yeah, there's something very sweet going on in this. Also smelling something that's a little floral perfumey, just a hint, like something, est- a little bit of esters or something that's kind of giving me a little floral perfume, little kick. Let's hide and let's see if we can coax out some more of this aroma. Let's see, if we do a surface scan of temperature, we're at 59, so roughly 55 or so. It's most intriguing, for sure. Uh, it, it's... Does not smell like an American hopped up Pilsner at all. It it does smell more like the cream ale like we just had Mm -hmm. from from New Glarus, but has more little ester notes going on in there. Something a little floral, something a little bit cinnamon roll. Okay, so this is not a a big hoppy uh, bohemian Pilsner. This is kind of more, I think, on the Czech side. I guess, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's kind of not really falling in line with any style. I think it kind of has that. Um, it's a little bit. Of, it's got a little bit of chalkiness at the. Maybe end. there's a little bit of cap in here, like a classic American mm. pills type flavor. You're not really getting much six row flavor, six row barley flavor on it, but it it kind of leans more that way to me. It does have a um, a, a stronger bitter kick at the end than you would expect from most caps so i'm not immediately saying thinking oh mm-hmm. uh, that was me okay. and i'm thinking oh um cab i don't, don't get a, a huge amount of dms there there right. it's there but it's not a lot it's not as sweet as some typical caps but yeah I'm, right. I, I think you're right in that in that line yeah i mean because it's closer to that than it is to the european pilsners mm-hmm. i think it's a good drinker as well the bitterness is just moderate. You feel a little bit at the end. Um, so the, the star of this show is really the malt character. Yeah. And next couple of sips, I'm going to try to dial in on that. There's a bit of a, you know, sort of limestone chalkiness to it. So that the water is a bit hard. I kind of like that in, in this beer. I think that... Um, Typically, that's yeah an enemy of Pilsners, right? Pilsners are usually all about soft water. Well, I mean, I think it actually works here. It doesn't feel... Let me try taste again to make sure. It doesn't feel like the carbonation is as strong as some other Pilsners, and so that limestone bit hmm. kind of comes in. And, and then also, that kind of mineraliness typically accentuates hoppiness as well. And, you know, the hops really aren't that well accentuated. I'm not tasting the minerally part, but I'm just kind of giving you a couple okay. things just to make sure you can double check. I mean, if you're still tasting it, you're still tasting it. I just wanted to kind of throw a couple checks out at you to make sure. But I definitely t- I taste the hops at the end. I mean, getting a, a definite, definite bittering note at, at the end. F- up front... It's more kind of straightforwardly bready, a little English muffin... 
Um, get, yeah, I mean, bready. I, I'm you know the cinnamon roll I mentioned a little bit of mm-hmm. like Krispy Kreme donut dough. Yeah, you know, that's the kind of bread I'm really tasting in this guy. It's very similar. It's amazingly similar to the last beer we had. I mean, it, it's, like you almost couldn't plan it. <laughs> <laughs> they're they, they are strangely similar, even though they're I mean they're very different beers when you have them, but they're a lot of their characteristics are are similar, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, it's a weird graph. This is the Brickway Brewery Session Series Pills that we're drinking. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm digging it. I want to try the other ones. Another show. Yeah, we have the India Pale Lager and the Hefe from them. That's the other two beers we have. Okay, so let's look at the marketing speak here. Talk about uh, 19th century Bohemia. Um, oh, from 19th century Bohemia to dad, what to what dad kept in the fridge. It's all pills. So it's talking about, you know, classic Bohemian pills, mm-hmm. pills are well, to... Early, eighty eighties macro yeah, yeah. lager, you know, probably locally regional type beers. Iron those, City, yeah, calling those all pilsners, and then something comforting about okay marketing. Our pills is the kind. No, I was hoping they would get into details. It's all poetic uh, marketing speak. Yep. So this is probably their kind of their main offering, the one that they. Their, their mass offering. Are you speculating on that? Or is yes, that I'm speculating. Just, okay, I'm speculating. I mean, this is like would, the, this is their uh, their crossover beer. But it's part of a session series. You know, it doesn't make sense that their flagship's part of a series like that. I don't know how long they've been around. Our research department took the week off. <laughs> Actually, they haven't showed up since about two thousand six. I do like the the bitter note at the end. I think that's that's it's a really nice to to have a, a kind of cap like pilsner, mm-hmm. like you said, but right. with that extra bitter note, so you know this is this is more than just mm-hmm. a Miller Light. Actually, my last sip was probably the sulfurous sip, and I was tasting something that was a little more akin to Citro, but still not quite there. All right, so we got two hoppy beers. I think we'll do the saison next, though. Do you agree? Sure. Or at least Farmstead Pale Ale. Yeah, um, the, there's a sort of a running theme of this particular show, besides the threes, is that the, the websites don't have a lot of information. <laughs> uh, I'm forced to go to rate beer for this one. This is the Hill Farmstead Dorothy, Saison, uh, Greensboro, Vermont. So they haven't brewed this beer since October 2010. In this new reincarnation, Dorothy will become a regular ancestral release. Dry hopped in the found in the in the founders and bottle condition. Foders. Foders. Yes, Foders. Remember the giant wooden mm-hmm. barrels from Well, hey. Suddenly we have hops. Mmm, that smells good. It uh 
So just from the aroma, it smells like it's kind of a hoppy breadth thing going on there. I don't know if this is a breaded beer yet or not, but kind of from the nose, that's where it's taking. There's, yeah, there's definitely some wild character, wild mm-hmm. yeast character going on. There's a. There, it, t- it smells like the hops are two things. It smells like there's some continental, like Hallertal in there, but then also some a little bit of Citra or uh, Cascade or something like that mixed in so it seems like you're getting some bright american notes and then also some spicy continental notes kind of blended together in the nose i agree on their bottle dorothy who lived from 1921 to 1994 was our grandfather's sister hill farmstead brewery rests upon the land that was once home to her and her 13 siblings Oh, they use New Zealand and American hops. There might be... Okay. Let's from there. Let's see. Hill Farms Hippery is the culmination of travel and insight, of friendships and explorations, and of realizing a sense of one's place. <laughs> so I, w- I moved on to the flavor. And... 7% alcohol, by the way. I would have to say that this is slightly breaded. Um, otherwise, it's it's a really dry, mm. minerally saison. But I mean, are you getting bread in this? Sort of, right? I mean, it's like it's not obvious. Yeah, it's like it's probably there, but I'm not sure I'm ready to commit to it. You yeah. know, that kind of thing. There's wild yeast in here for sure. It doesn't have quite what I'm used to for bread. That doesn't mean it's not bread. It could be a wild bread. Or a wilder mm-hmm. bread. Right. This was sent to us by Jim. Yep. Thank you, Jim. <clears throat> yeah, this this is interesting. I'm trying you know, we don't have much information about it. Basically all we know was it has it was in photos and it has New Zealand and American hops. So we're working through it. And it's a pretty dry. It, it what they, the, they call no it two X or in the, the label also calls it a farmstead pale ale. Yeah, you know it has a lot of saison type characters to it. It might be a little less estery than than some saisons, but it has, it has a considerable amount of hops to it too, which is right uh, outside of sure. the realm of saison. Yeah, so it's like right. so that may cover up some of those esters mm-hmm. too. Right. It's an interesting take. It's take a saison, throw a good amount of hops in it, let that wild yeast do its thing, and see what comes out. And you mm-hmm. get this kind of amalgam of a moderate pale ale with uh, a somewhat funky saison. Yeah. So here I'm gonna try to. There's like three or four uh, parts of the progression through the flavor. So I'm gonna take a sip here and then try to relay those on. Okay, so right off the sip, you get something that is fairly malty. It tastes like there's probably a proportion of weed in there as well. And then it gets into something that's really minerally, a bit limestone and dry. Then you get into the hop flavor after that, and the hops are still coming across. We know they're New Zealand hops, but for me, 
the flavors I'm still tasting are kind of like a spicy halotau plus something American. Maybe a touch of citra, but I think there's some got to be some Cascade or Centennial in there too. Well, they say there's also Americans in there, so right. But uh, but even the American hops, I think, are probably be like two thirds Centennial or Cascade and one third citra. I just feel that there's this little citrus bump in there, just just a little note of it. And um, I got to take another sip because I lost the rest. Okay, of the so right off the bat, you get these kind of. Pineapple flavors, uh, pineapple, a little bit mango, maybe. Pineapple's pretty good. It's kind of a, a dilute pineapple. It's yeah. not very saturated. It's, it's more in the tropical area. I'm going yeah. to guess, I'm going to guess it's that one as opposed to, like, say, Nelson Savine. I don't taste so much grapeiness, but I do think I'm picking up some kind of vanilla character. Really? Hmm. Um, Usually that one's pretty telltale. Yeah. But. but with yeah. all this stuff that's going on, mm-hmm. there's, like Jeff said, there, there's a cascady citra type stuff. There's something going on here that, mm-hmm. that brings a little bit of a blood orange to it as well. Not to incredibly bitter, a little, you know, dusty, dirty note, a little uh, uh, mushroomy, what you would expect out of a, out of a yeast that um, gives you some characters like that. Hmm. Yeah, there, there's some kind of herbaceous qualities here too. There's a little, little bit of like a basil-like note. Okay. Yeah, kind of missed calling out some some herbs, but I I can feel you there. Um, I was thinking more something a little more neutral. Um, I'm not coming up with an example though. Yeah, light basil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's very not, light basil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but the thing about it is, is, it, is it's kind of a, it's a pervasive thing. So it, it's that, that's why I'm thinking herbaceous. It, it feels like it's sort of, it's there. It's kind of coating the mouth, but it's not nearly as strong as like a big strong basil. Right. It's a pretty good beer. Mm-hmm. The more I drink it, the less sure I became that there's actually like a Brett character to it. You know, I kind of got attuned to it, and it yeah. wasn't tasting a, any leatheriness or a kind of funky farmyardness or anything like that. So now I'm even less confident about my Brett call. But, Could be in there just small. Yeah. Hey, do you want to hey. support us? Hey, I do. You know how to do it. I do. I go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. I, I mean that that's amazing. That's that's all you have to do. Yeah, craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And what does that do for you? It uh, takes you to Amazon, and you can shop and shop and shop, and it costs you nothing more. And Amazon pays us a percentage of further referring you to the website. So every time you go start shopping, don't go to Amazon. Go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Awesome. I think we need to top some heady. All right. Well, this will be the second time on the show we've had um, one of the big uh, whales of the brewing world, Heady Topper. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to come back to it because the first time I had very high expectations, and while it was a good beer, 
I was kind of a little underwhelmed, I think, because my expectations were so high. Mm-hmm. So now I'm just expecting a solid beer that isn't going to be angelic. And who knows, maybe it'll please me. Let's give it a shot. Hey, Toppers from The Alchemist. This is a gym beer? Yes. Thank you, Jim. Do you want to drink yours from the can? No, it's okay. <laughs> That's a joke because we talked about this last time. Yeah. Around the neck of the can, it's like, drink from the can, drink from the can, drink from the can. And actually, they have a video on their site, or at least they used to, about why they want you to drink from the can. Um, this is a 8% alcohol by volume, a Imperial or American double IPA. I think they don't want you, uh, if I remember right, they didn't want you like dispersing all that CO2 and losing all those volatile aromas in the pour or something along those lines. But there was also something about it being less pretentious to oh, drink it from the right. can, I, from what I remember. They also have a note on here, don't be a D-bag, recycle this can. <laughs> and it I, is D-bag, not douchebag. I will recycle that can, because I am not a D-bag. So the color is this uh, cloudy yellow. Yep. Significant haze to it. Probably all kinds of hoppy goodness. It does smell like it. It, it's interesting. We're we're sort of back ending the show, backsliding, <laughs> or you know, yeah, putting all the uh, hops in the back end of the show. Kind of makes sense. Yeah. Hop aroma on this one. It's a bit of pineapple juice. It's um, there's a put- touch of something a little more dank in there. It smells like a, a concoction, which I would expect no less from somebody who calls themselves the alchemist. Mix things together, see if you can make gold. trying to put some words to that dankness but I'm having a hard time the first thing that came to mind was sort of a bitter orange sort of a um, sort of like uh, Earl Grey like the, that um, bergamot but then some more tropical notes come around and tropical notes and then behind that I'm getting something that's almost like um... So I've been doing a lot of weeding and stuff today, and there's these prickly thistle-type plants. Nettles? They're not nettles. At least I don't think they're nettles, but there's... When you're picking them and stuff, you know, you're crushing their leaves and whatnot, and there's there's a bit of a smell from those. I wish I knew what they were to, to describe it better, but so there's a bit of a kind of spicy, green... Vegetal, uh, not, none of those words really fit what I want to describe. See, I'm getting mostly fruits. I'm getting, is it orange? A little bit of tropical, so a little bit of mango. Mostly along those lines. There's a significant amount of malt in the flavor, and it kind of front ends the, the taste, along with some of the hoppiness. And then the happiness kind of piles in on the back end, and the bitterness comes in. There's a note of what I want to call like like a protein note or a meaty type note coming off of this in the flavor. I need to work on an unctuous. Yeah, maybe like a a new mommy note. I mean, yeah, maybe. Let me let me try to see if I can dial that in anymore. 
okay, this is well, certainly hmm. you know those um those like sesame sticks, like this hard cracker sesame sticks, right? There's something that's a lot like one of those. Maybe that's what was dragging me into hmm. other dinner things. I think there is a sesame flavor coming off of this. I don't get that so much. No. The the flavor, the malt feels to me kind of like a potato breadish, like it's a sweet uh, bread with a bit of extra sweetness sort of added to it. Either potato bread or a sweet Hawaiian roll. The hops are slightly on the minty side with uh, some, there's clearly some, some Amarillo or Simcoe or something in in there. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of bitterness. So I'm thinking this is high in the IBUs. I will frankly be shocked if it wasn't <laughs> for a double IPA, an American double IPA. Right. But there, there's you know a, a good amount of orange flavor, a, a little. It's bringing a little peach, a, a slight amount of this either apple or pear, a lot of uh, resiny stuff. There might be some chinook or something in there. There's something kind of there's something big resiny in there too. Mm-hmm. So definitely a, a lot of different hops are, are playing a role in here. The I'm surprised you're not getting that sesame stick at all because that's like the aside from the hops, it's like one of the most noteworthy things I'm tasting in here. Craig's going to sip from my glass to see if we got some stratification going on. No, he's not getting it. I mean, I know what you're saying, like because. When you said it, I kind of like all right. There's a, there's a bitter component here that pulls me toward. I, I can see where you can, if you start thinking sesame, you can pull in sort of a sesame oil like. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, I'm stuck in that alley, right? Because yeah. I mean, that is a significant portion, and it's an interesting one because you know, often you taste yeah, sesame not, yeah. in beer, and so I'm I'm kind of maybe I'm just um, you know focusing on that note and trying to pull more out of it because it's a new flavor that, that would be interesting uh, if you did like a sesame porter or something I wonder if that would I wonder if that would come out right I, I just had a conversation with somebody on twitter I think they were talking about using black sesame seeds we did talk about black someone sesame. bought them on right, Amazon Anonymous right. and he emailed me saying he bought them for a beer that's right I remember that we should talk about the BJCP released their new guide. Yeah, they just put it out just like three days ago. The 2015 style guide for the BJCP. If you go to their website and go to the uh, style center, you'll be able to pull that up. It's it's very different from the original one. There there's a there are 34 car- categories, and the categories are kind of strangely. Uh, well, strange to, to to our mind because we're thinking because when you're when you get judged in, for example, the Great American Beer Fest when they judge them or, or any BJCP event, you you judge based on the number, 
And then there are the sub-numbers. Right, which are but you award styles. medals on the major category. Right. And it used to be that beers of similar characteristics are grouped together. And they made a bold choice where they're more so grouping beers by region, region or history or something like that. For example, there's an Irish beer category, which puts Irish red in the same category as Irish stout and Irish extra stout. So not similar beers. Yeah. Uh, Even now, crazier. Now, this shouldn't really be a penalty. I, I joked on Twitter. I'm like, an Irish stout or Irish red will never win another medal in BJCP. But no, because judges judge each beer against the style, not against their pre- you know, which beer was the best one in the category. So Irish reds will still win if it's a the best Irish red and the, the all the stouts were just mediocre, right? Look at number 22. This is an interesting example. This number 22 is strong American ale. Oh, yeah. This in is a rough one. Double IPA, American strong ale. I can see how those, you know, d- depending on it. But then American barley wine, and which is a hoppy barley wine, but still it's... And then wheat wine. And then wheat wine. Where, you know, for yeah. me, I'd, I would say Hefeweizen, wheat, Weizenbach, and wheat wine should be Probably, yeah, you would think so. I mean, well, let's see, like... One of the other things I found most interesting, I tweeted this as well, is there's very similar beers in completely different metal categories. In category four, you have 4B, Fest Beer. Mm-hmm. In category six, you have 6A, Meritzen. And in Category 7, you have 7A Vienna Lager. And there's a lot of overlap in those styles. Yeah. And, you know, you could imagine brewing a beer at the intersection of those three styles and, you know, entering or maybe even winning in multiple categories. I don't think you're allowed to enter the same beer in multiple categories. But, you know, it's worth an experiment to see what you could do there. Uh, So number nine, a Doppelbach and Eisbacher competing with Baltic Porter. I mean, there's lots of... Interesting stuff there. That's yeah. It's I'm not saying it's dumb or bad or anything. It's it's a bold choice yeah. to do what they did, and uh, we'll see how it works out. I think that's about enough. Unless you have anything else you want to point out. Oh, we were talking about the clone beer category. That's yeah. interesting. There's 34A clone beer. They have a couple catch-all categories in 34. And that's clone beer, mixed style beer, experimental beer, where if you actually look at the definitions, they're all kind of interchangeable. Although clone beer is based, it's supposed to be based on a particular right. so, beer, so say but then you're a, measuring it on style as opposed to against the original beer. Well, no, you're not measuring it on style. Yeah, you are. Read it. 34A. It's uh, well, No, because it's for things that don't have styles. No, a clone beer is if someone was making, say, for example... Uh, the beer should be judged as to how well it fits the broader style represented by the example beer, not how well it is an exact copy of a specific commercial product. But it's the broad style. Okay. I I, I guess, but you're, you're not supposed to enter in that category unless it doesn't have a style. Right, so what does that mean? It means, you know, whatever is closest, most closely applicable, I guess. Right? So, so what does Gumball like, Head fit into? For, you, well, you, I mean, you mentioned Gumball Head, but now, I mean, that probably is a... I mean, there, I, think, I think there's wheat... Uh, there's, there's definitely white IPA. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's wheat IPA. So, yeah, but Gumball Head might still be one of those. So, say you brewed a Gumball Head clone, which is a hoppy, wheated American IPA. 
right? Well, it's it's a hoppy American wheat beer or a wheated IPA. And so one thing we should mention, this is probably mostly for like home brewers, right? You wouldn't expect commercial brewers to well, no, this is significantly say we're making a clone beer. No, this is absolutely about home brewers because it's yeah. BJCP. Right. Beer Judge Certification Program, which judges homebrew competitions. So it's absolutely for homebrewers. All right, we're kind of just kind of meandering through this conversation, so let's wrap it up. We're finishing up the heady topper. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, you know, I, I like it more than, say, a, a double bastard or something like that, but well, really this is at 8%. It's really just a regular old arrogant bastard, but it doesn't have that big... Last, assertive super bitterness that that uh, last couple of sips I was getting something like sage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that sage actually leads to my previous meaty. Is that this beer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the meaty comment because you know sage is usually like sage rubbed pork or something right. like that, and I think I was kind of drawing that kind of intersection of of the spices and the meat. All right, our final beer of the evening is another IPA from Vermont. This is also from Jim, and this will be the first beer I've ever had from Lawson's Finest Liquids. This is Sip of Sunshine IPA. Now, I've heard of Lawson's Finest Liquids. They have uh, quite a bit of cred, just like uh, Hill Farmstead and Hetty Topper. So, Jim brought us quite a shipment back from Vermont. Uh, Sip of Sunshine IPA is brewed by Lawson's Finest Liquids at Two Roads Brewing Company in Stratford, Connecticut. Okay. We've done other beers from Two Roads. Mm -hmm. Um... It's actually a good video 8%. online. I can't remember who did it, but you can get you can see a big tour of, of Two Roads. And uh, what was that about? I think they're they're almost like a, an incubator kickstart type thing for breweries where you can like do pretty small mm. batches of Two Roads and kind of get started there. Trying to find if there's any more information here. Oh, stick your nose in there, Greg. You're gonna like that. Smell any Simcoe? <laughs> Getting a big bolt of, of danky Simcoe, bit of Doherty. The first thing I smelled was actually like fresh cascade hops like yeah. from your binds, but then then the Simcoe comes <laughs> in. Oof. <laughs> that that's what I smelled right there, that oof. <laughs> it, it it's it's pretty um pretty doored in the aroma. If you're not knowing what doored is, that's our uh, term we invented for something that's kind of biological. Mm-hmm. You know, somewhere in the neighborhood of cat pee and urinal. The Simcoe smell. <laughs> so make sure you wrote that down because we're yeah. not going to define Dord for quite a while now. Yeah, um, 
last week's episode, and, and you know, I called Simcoe the Will Ferrell of hops. It's a, it's a hop that when it's if it's used judiciously, it's very it's awesome. If it's used as a centerpiece, it's not. I think a great example is a and and kind of similar right to to what we're talking about with the Dord. Mm-hmm. A fart joke. A fart joke in the right place can be awesome, but base a movie around fart jokes, mm, you're <laughs> not a good experience. You can almost say, you know, it's, maybe this is the Kevin James of Hobbes. No, a the little, Kevin. <laughs> a little bit of Kevin James can be palatable, just a touch. I don't think so. <laughs> Any more than five minutes, though. Is... I, there's. You'd have to show me a little bit of mm. Kevin James as palatable. A teeny tiny little <laughs> So maybe we should change it from Dord to Blart. <laughs> we could we could we could we could sub delineate. Yeah. So something could mean Dord and then Blart could be another A really bad version of Dord? <laughs> could be. Could be. You know, we don't get beers. Like, I remember the... Maybe because my palate has developed and I'm tasting more, but I, I remember the first time I had a Amarillo beer. Yeah. And, man, I thought that smelled like cat pee. Well, I mean, yeah, but think about the first time you had a, you know, like a, a hop devil. And now it, it yeah. feels tame. Yeah, you're you're right. It could be my palate's just tasting more things around what Amarillo just used to seem like cat pee to me. Because I remember first time the first one was Laconer IPA from out of Seattle, mm-hmm. and I've told the story, but not for a long time. And that is like, man, that kind of tastes like cat pee. I think I really like cat pee. <laughs> Ever since good. Jeff has kept a stable of cats, mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, I'd never come across something that I would really classify as like straight up urine. At least not in a long time. <laughs> it's always the aroma that, that, that hits you is more the that biological stuff as opposed to the mm-hmm. flavor. The flavor doesn't give you like the, the quite the the bouquet of urinal, but <laughs> it's a wonderful conversation. Yes. I'm glad we're having it. People are gonna think this smells like a can of piss, so we should probably yeah. talk about the beer. Because it doesn't taste like a can of piss. It doesn't taste like one. It's uh, it's pretty hoppy. It smells very similar to one. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. That, so I said it's pretty hoppy. That's obvious. I didn't even have to say that part. It doesn't have very much malt character to really talk about. You know, it, it's all about the hops. The sip of sunshine here. You know, where like the heady topper had an interesting malt note that was playing with the hops. This one, I'm not really getting anything other than just a standard blank malt palette to build upon. And, uh, and then the hops. It's a little bit sweeter to me. I mean, there's definitely a salty and cracker there, but there's also... There's something. There's a little bit of caramelization on there. Just a tad. Uh, not a huge amount, but I, I feel like there is something a little okay. bit sweet there. The hops are, uh, yeah, I think they're they're deep in that bitter orange area, and they're kind of hanging around there. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of deviation into like tropical. I think you know, there's always some, right. but there's not a huge amount. Yeah, it stays in citrus, and it gets a little pithy. Mm-hmm. 
and the bitterness really lingers. This one's heavy on the palate. My inside of my lips feel dry. You know, the lip, the bitterness is really hanging around on this one. It sticks with you. What's interesting is is that we really we started with the most drinkable ones and we ended with the big hoppy ones. Mm-hmm. And you know, remember, drinkability doesn't mean good; it just means really easy to to go down. <coughs> they, hmm, yeah, I mean, pithy, strong. Mm-hmm. Still not as still not arrogant bastardy in terms of how like forceful it is on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one gives. I had a- I, I I sent a tweet recently, like a, a couple weeks ago. I, I recently had another arrogant bastard. Just just you know, it's been a while, and I wanted to check my palate. And I still wasn't a fan. I still felt like it was. I mean, I get what they're going for, mm-hmm. but I'm just it's it's too assertive for me. I think right. it's 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 just it. I wasn't a fan of it. So I'm sort of comparing these both to it because they're both in the same league. I think they're both going for you know this double IPA strong hoppiness, but they dial back a bit on they're not being supremely so supremely assertive about the lingering bitterness as say arrogant bastard mm-hmm. is. These have more modern hops in them, you know, providing a little bit more mm-hmm. of the citrusy nits to it, where arrogant bastard. Is a classic craft beer. Right. It takes the Chinook in the Centennial and blows, it, knocks it out of the park. Right. But that only gets you so far. And with the width and breadth of what hops can do these days, you know, it it, it tastes like a. It seems like a classic beer. It seems like something that hasn't kept up with the, the pace. Now, Stone does new beers, too, right? They do delicious IPA. Yeah, absolutely. They just reformulated Stone Pale Ale. I haven't had the new one from that yet, but that'll be interesting. And I think they reformulated Ruination a bit ago. But don't quote me on that. I might be just making that up right now. The irony is that a lot of my early Stone, like, apprehension was about things like Eric and Bastard, but a lot of their other stuff... I enjoy a lot. It's it, it just feels like there's some some of their uh, standard offerings aren't as appealing to me as some as their side offerings. But I guess that that's not unique. That's a that's a dogfish head issue too, right? It, mm-hmm. It's like the dogfish head the, the the stuff on the periphery of their major offerings is is where 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 yeah, the money is. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, well, you know, where well, you're well, most interested, well, yeah, because obviously yeah. they're making money with 60 Minutes. Yeah, I, I shouldn't have said where the money is. I, I meant that as a personal thing, not, right, not right. where the actual money is. Where the, the actual money is definitely in where the 60 Minutes, minutes yeah. and, the, and the arrogant and, bastards yeah. are. Sure. I'm trying to think of the last time I had an arrogant bastard. Oh, I'll definitely have to revisit that next time I have the opportunity. It's worth it. it it's, it's always worth it to go back to these two beers both you love and beers you didn't you did you weren't a fan of just to see okay uh-huh. how have i evolved and how has this beer the problem with hurricane bastard it's the whole worth your sobriety because you're you're investing a lot of your drinking session yes in that arrogant bastard and there's so much other stuff on tap you know where if it was less of an investment in sobriety you know i'd be more likely to yeah give me an arrogant bastard I'd give that guy a try again mm-hmm. yeah 
Well, I think, I mean, you go to Mad Max enough, I, I would say, you know, give it a shot. I, I can't tell you the last time that I've no. I won't say the last time I've seen it on tap. The last time I've noticed it on tap. It definitely have, they have a bottle. I'm sure they have a bottle. Up. Probably, yeah. All right, I think it's time to get these rankings underway. Interesting. Interesting, huh? Huh? Yeah? How yeah. will we rank these beers? Interesting. Yeah, it's tough because you got these really drinkable uh, cream ale and, and Pilsner. Mm-hmm. And trying to figure out how those, because they were all both enjoyable on their own. And then you got Hetty, which was pretty fascinating. Get sip of sunshine, which was was good, pretty bitter. You know, I'm gonna probably have to knock him down a bit. And then you got Dorothy, and uh, she yeah. was she was pretty yummy. She was very yummy. Hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna hit the pause button because I know I'm not gonna arrive at this quickly. All right. I okay. okay so I'm gonna go with my order first, from the bottom to the top. My number five beer is this beer we're drinking right now. Sip of Sunshine from Lost of the Finest Liquids. Just felt a little bit too... Too single note on the hops. I mean, not, it's not a single note, but it, but too single chord, I should say, on the hops as opposed mm-hmm. to a melody. Uh, so... I wouldn't necessarily say hard luck loser. Just, I mean, I under, I understand what it's going for, but I think my palate is kind of beyond what uh, what I would want. That I, I want something a little bit more. In terms of a little bit more, my hardest decision was between three and four. I had a really tough call between what I considered because I, I thought number one and two were, were pretty obvious to me. Number three and four were very difficult because I thought they were both very good. But I wasn't sure which way to put them. And I think I'm going to go with the Brickway as number four. Uh, I I enjoyed it, very drinkable. But I think there was just something about the Alchemist. Probably it was the getting the, the, the bunch of hops that I liked a little bit more. Just a bit. I mean, I think it's in Brickway's favor that... <laughs> They just just barely beaten lost. out by Hetty Top. It just right? barely lost. So, <laughs> so you know, wouldn't wouldn't consider that too far. I mean, real, real, I really did enjoy the Pilsner a lot, but I kind of thought the Hetty Top was a, was just a you know tiny bit better to me. Then my number two, the Hill Farms, that I really uh, enjoyed the different flavors we were getting and kind of the 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 crazy kind of menagerie of stuff we were getting from it, which was really cool, but. Really, I don't think it was. It's a question. I enjoyed the spotted cow the most. Sweet, but kind of subtle in a way. Extraordinarily drinkable. Really good beer. Happy to have finally had it, and it, it kind of lived up to my expectations. All right, for me, uh, not to not to spoil the whole thing, but actually, I think I'm going to agree with you completely in the ranking. But I think my commentary has I have different reasons for that. Sure. The uh, Sip of Sunshine, it, yeah, it's a fine beer. Uh, you know, it's my first Lawson's Finest Liquids. I've heard all about them. And it just seemed like Greg said one note, one chord on the hops. Yeah, it, it just brought the hops. It didn't really bring anything to... It didn't tell that much of a story as you were drinking it, right? It was just like uh, just a blasting out that chord. 
and just that was, it was the same thing every mm-hmm. sip and you know beers that kind of evolve and tell a story as we're drinking it are, are much more interesting the brickway i wasn't sure about at first but I, i'm gonna put him in fourth place as well i i enjoyed that quite a bit but you know it's up against some rock stars tonight i mean you know everyone who's listening to the show has heard of new glares hill farmstead the alchemist and lawson's finest liquids and probably haven't heard of brickway brewery but uh, yeah the pills the session series pills was was really good i was surprised how similar it was immediately after the spotted cow had a bit of a creamy flavor to it it um it definitely seemed to me that it was closer to a cap classic american pills type style than the traditional european styles of pills i was actually expecting something much more hoppy out of it i was expecting when you read session pills i was expecting something with a bunch of continental hops and then kind of that that um, graham crackery, you know, session type ale types type flavor, and this one brought a lot of malt and sweetness to it for a session. Uh, what was its ABV? It was four point eight. Four point eight. So high end of session, but um, it did bring a great body for uh, a four point eight ABV yeah, beer. I would call that slightly over session, but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Heady topper. I think I enjoyed it more this time than the last time I had it. Maybe my expectations were more reasonably set this time. I was really dialing in on that sesame stick thing that Greg didn't really taste all that much. And really, that's one of the main reasons that I put it in front of the pills. So who knows if anyone else is going to taste that sesame (laughs) stick. But I really like tasting that and exploring that part of the beer. I can dig it. Uh, The Dorothy will be in second place. That beer was really good. Um you know, it was a saison that was hopped up. There may have been some Breton there. It just really, it, it told the story. You could really explore mm-hmm. all the nooks and crannies of that beer and take your time drinking it and really get through it. But yeah, that new glare spotted cow. I was telling Greg when we had paused when we were working, working out, I like, I really wish I didn't know this was new glarus beer because am I elevating this beer because of the right. label and i really i don't think i am but we I can't don't discount know. that possibility but i don't yeah. know uh so greg said it lived up to his expectations for me it exceeded my expectations i mean i expected new spotted cow to be an okay beer good beer i didn't expect it to be as good as it well, was well what i mean by live up to my expectations i live up to sort of the the hype that's been around okay i mean so so but for me it wasn't you know i mean i expected you know, raspberry tart and these other nuclear sour beers to be where it's at. And I expected this spotted cow thing to be kind of meh. eh, eh. Mm -hmm. But no, it was really good. It really exceeded my expectations by quite a bit. So that's the rankings right there. All right. Well, that means that's the end of show 333. What's this? What's this? It's the three amigos when they're singing. The, uh, they're holding. Uh, their, they're uh, holding the note. Well, I should have started the whole outro at this point. <laughs> craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to email us, you can hit us up at beer at craftbeerradio.com. We're on Twitter. That's the best social media way to contact us. I'm at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. And we have at Craft Beer Radio as well. 
And uh, thanks for listening. Shop at craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Indeed. <laughs>